Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, host of The Big Picture. Did you just see the latest tentpole blockbuster? Or a surprisingly fun new movie on a streaming service? Or maybe you just want to bone up on the greatest films ever made? From reviews to rankings, career retrospectives to movie drafts, and everything in between, The Big Picture is here for you. Listen to The Big Picture for free on Spotify. Cross another one off the bucket list. Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> um, this is great. I'm really excited for this. I am too. You brought your son, one of your sons. I brought my son Henry. Huge fan of yours. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Um, I was asking you before we started about parenting, how they leave. Yeah. But then you get them back. If you're you've lucky, gotten, you've they gotten come both back. of them back. I got them both back. Here's a key: make sure you have really nice sheets and a really comfortable bed. That's it? That's what wins them over? Food it, in the fridge doesn't even matter? Sure. That goes without saying. But people people undermine the value of a, a very comfortable bed. She, so expensive, clean sheets. Hyper Soft big. sheets. Yeah. And they don't have to be super expensive, but just get a good thread count. <laughs> what about pillow? You go extra on pillows or not really? Totally. Okay. The whole deal. That's good. So mm-hmm. they're back. Was it sad when they were gone? I mean, it, you, it sounded like you didn't have a job. Devastating. Devastating both times. I, you got to walk me through now that they're, my daughter's 14. Yeah. And that it was all easy until right around now. Really? Yeah, because she's going to ninth grade. Like, I know yeah. what's waiting. Right, right. The key for me is just a lot of, I get most of my info on the car rides. Very important. Because you're also Don't a, say you're anything. a sports parent. Yeah. Don't say anything. Just drive. You drive and eventually they're going to start spilling stuff. That's correct. And you can break them down, especially we just had this tournament where it was like the drives were two hours each way. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, there. my God. I'll feed her. She'll get a little groggy. Then I'll be able to find out everything that's going on. Although I will say with our younger son, and both boys uh, were athletes, are athletes, but uh, with our younger son, he would go absolutely ballistic when they lost a game. And then it was like, it was a, it was a negotiation between me and my husband. If we happened to be there in two cars, who was going to take this oh, the, to, to hear the tirade home. on the way home? Oh, the screaming, but there was nothing we could say. If we said, Hey, you played well or better luck next time. Or it didn't matter what we said. You don't have any idea. He would go absolutely bullshit. What was the sports parent? Um, <laughs> experience for you when they actually made the dance and now they're like showing you on TV and all that. And there's this whole protocol for how the parents are supposed to behave. You don't want to, you don't want to sound, look like a lunatic in the yeah, stands I, I and be on Twitter and being, stuff. Being famous under those circumstances was a bit of a drag because I had to be aware of, you know, I was very, I, I'm a very anxious sports parent on the side. I mean, I yeah. try not to let that out, but in fact, I am. And I don't even like to sit next to my husband because. What's he like? I think we both get anxious and he just makes me more anxious. And I can't, I can't hear anything that he says. It drives me nuts. And, and, and this is a <laughs> reflection, uh, reflection yeah. on me, not him. I mean, he's perfect. Cause he's doing like running commentary stuff. Not necessarily. It just doesn't matter what he says. I can't hear it. <laughs> God love him. <laughs> anyway, so I get anxious. So, you know, but I'm aware that there's a camera there. So it's like, it's not like when I'm at their high school games, you know, I can just be myself. So all of a sudden I have to be, you know, I had to wear makeup, you know, I have to put makeup on and, 
try to look reasonable. Ugh. Anyway, but it was divine. We loved every second of it. It was really fun. And I remember uh, I was at uh, South by Southwest when I heard they made it into the tournament. It was super exciting. And uh, yeah, made it to round two. It was nice. I noticed during Wimbledon, Coco, the 15-year-old prodigy who yeah. won a few rounds and her parents were there. Yeah. And now that I can, not that it's happened, but I can envision myself in situations where you're the parent in the box or the parent in the stands. Yes. Calmness is the key. Yes, you have to remain calm. The, even the, the, There's some line you just can't cross. That's right. And yes. I've found that way when I'm on the sidelines watching watching my kids. Is Initially, I was like too into it. But there's there's got to be this what, serenity. You, what do you parent. mean into it? Were you screaming? There, there might have been a screaming face. Yeah, right. Oh, but not not at the kids, but just no, like just but getting into it and yeah, yelling at the refs totally. and doing all that. Everyone has that one, and then you kind of realize, oh, I shouldn't shouldn't act this way. This isn't great. I I didn't. I don't think I behaved badly, but I just was got very into it. So even if I looked calm, I was dying on the inside. Can we go back to the eighties? I'd rather not. Come on, please. <laughs> sure. So I'm a, I'm an SNL baby. Okay. What does that mean exactly? That means I don't, I don't remember life without SNL. I was like probably six when the show started. Okay. And So how old are you, if you don't mind I'm my asking? I'm 49. Okay. Um, so in the early 80s, I'm an only child and Eddie was my guy and the SNL was super important. Oh. And then you showed up, all these new people showed up. I was like, hey, new people. Um, but you you were on the same show with Eddie for like two years there. Yes. And he was actually like a real life superstar who superstar. just happened to be on the show. Correct. But you were there when it like went, it would ascend it to a whole other level. His stardom? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. He was in his own universe. Like he hosted the show with Nick Nolte. Were you there for that year when Nick yeah. Nolte- I think so. Called in sick or something last second, and then Eddie's in there. I can't remember, but it sounds familiar. <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But how you were like 21 at that point? Yeah, I was. I was and really then young. you're thrown into the show that still really mattered. And then Eddie's on it, and he's like a phenomenon. Yeah, Eddie's a phenomenon. The show itself wasn't that good, but no. Eddie was great. It had its moments, though. It had its moments, but it wasn't like what it had been. And it certainly, I, I don't mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mean, I'm not dissing Eddie in any way. He was fantastic, but you know, and then it went on to get super good, but, uh, later, but, um, yeah, I came, I was also sort of an SNL baby in the sense that when it first came on the air in whatever, what was that? 75? 75. Yeah. Okay. So I was in high school or junior high or whatever. And so, you can imagine. I mean, I was just out of my mind. I felt like these people were my people, you know? And there's nothing like it on television. It was so irreverent. Yeah. Um, there's quite literally nothing like it. And so um, then to get cast on it. Was, was that a dream? Like someday dream. I'm going to be on that show? Because in college you were doing like improv, all that stuff. Yeah, I was doing improv, but I mean, I was doing plays. You know, I was in the, I went to Northwestern and I was a in the, the theater school there. So I was sort of an, uh, sort of, I was an actress. And then, uh, and then I was doing, uh, I was worked in Chicago, you know, uh, with uh, Second City, but uh, primarily the big, the big, uh, huge part of my life was a practical theater company. And it was with that, we were doing a show with practical theater company. And that's when the SNL producers came and they 
hired us all right there. Yeah, they took all of you. All of us, yeah. Yeah. I remember, I want to say it was the first show. Oh, it was, God. I think your husband was in it. And who was the other guy? Gary Kroger? Correct. Who was on. And it was a sketch about, and it ended up with milk coming out of somebody's nose. <laughs> and it was when I was like 12 or 13, like the every, height of comedy. I was oh, like, this, must is, have been. this is all I've ever wanted from television <laughs> right here. It's milk coming out of somebody's nose. Well, I'm this glad is, we could provide peaked. entertainment for your 12-year-old self. Yeah, so then the rest of the 80s, like, you'd been on the show, and then it's like, what's going to happen with her? Yeah, and, and then there was and nothing a couple happened shows. for a long while. And you then, had the, the Family Ties guy. That was yes, like a big right. show. Well, you know. Because he was he he was a thing at the time. Yes, Gary Goldberg, my God. But that show huge. never made it, though. Well, we did two seasons. Yeah. So that's something. I did actually, I the first real proper job I got for the, because uh, I came out here, I did SNL for three years and then I wasn't getting any work in New York. And so I went to, I thought, okay, I've got to go to LA and, uh, which I did sort of begrudgingly because I really didn't like it here. And um, why do you like it here? Well, I you grew up on the East Coast, right? Yeah. It, it was just so completely unfamiliar. It, it it didn't have any reference points for me as a city. Yeah. The way everything does on the East Coast, sort of. Architecturally, it's kind of a shit show, and it's sprawling. it was also a lot different back then. In the I feel like LA has more of a shape probably than it did 25 yeah, 30 years ago. Yeah, that may ago. be the case. It's perhaps LA is a little groovier than it was when I came, but I don't know. Anyway, the I ride didn't sharing love it. helps. The what? The ride sharing helps the, oh, this generation. Sure. You're if you're there 30 years ago, it's like how do you get anywhere? I don't remember. Cabs. I think I rented a car. Ugh. Right. And I was living in the fucking Barham apartment uh uh Oakland oh my apartments God. on Barham. The oh the like where they would put yeah 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 right. That's kind of sad. Oh yeah, it was. Were but, you married at that point though? Uh, no, I was not. Uh uh-uh. uh But I was looking anyway. I was came out here looking for work, and I got cast in this pilot, which was a spinoff of Family Ties with Scott Valentine. Nick, Nick had a moment. There you go. Look at you. No, you're you're in good hands right now. You're not you're you know not throwing what? anything at me that I'm not going to be ready for. That is, uh, first of all, impressive. Nick and was second, a thing. Nick was huge. Nick was like Nick and Mallory were a real, a couple that I rooted for in the mid 80s. I did too. Yeah. Anyway, so we did that pilot. It didn't go anywhere. Didn't get picked up. But it was out of that that I got cast in uh, Day by Day, which is the Gary Goldberg show. I did that for two years and I actually had a great time doing it. And Andy Borowitz ran that show. Really? Yes. So what did you learn from that show that you took to the next show? Anything? Um, what did I learn? Well, I had fun. And it felt good. And I hadn't been having fun up until then. Right. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you liked SNL that much. No, I didn't. I mean, I, I, made, I certainly made friendships there. Yeah. And I learned an enormous amount. Um, I mean, the learning curve was big. Um, but I didn't, it was, it was a sort of a cruel, the, the culture was pretty cruel and, and misogynistic and druggy and stuff. And it well, was, that was, I mean, it was the eighties. That was, that was like the height of the cocaine era, right? Yeah, the 82 right. to 85. Yeah, that's right. Coke, everything. Actually, I don't even know what I mean. I don't know what else they were doing, but whatever. They were doing drugs, a lot of drugs. <laughs> 
And, uh, but it was, anyway, I just didn't have a great time. And I was incredibly unprepared going to be, uh, to be on the show. I was really unprepared. Yeah. I was going to, you were the, I think you were the youngest female cast member. Yes. Probably ever. Right. Yes. I don't even know if they've had anyone younger since. I don't know. I may possibly not. Cause the other thing is you have Eddie that first couple years, but then that last year, then that's when they got all the all-stars and all the sort of like Martin Short, Billy Crystal. Like those guys were like finished products those, at that point. Totally. They were like practically senior citizens. Yeah. So anyway, the, and they were great. And I mean, you know, I, 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 I had made friendships with Mary Gross and Tim Kazarinski and Larry David, by the yeah, way, yeah. but um, it, it was fundamentally not a, a good time. So having fun in a job, you know, where like writers would write for you and you would get jokes that you could sort of score with. That was like, oh, my God, it was amazing. So that's what it was like doing day by day. I love that. You know, I was um, I know everyone says this to you, but this is actually really true because I, I, I love Seinfeld because he was one of the best Letterman guests. Uh huh. And yeah, Letterman had like his. Seven guys. Letterman was my favorite show. But he yes. had like the seven guys that were really regulars, like Leno, Seinfeld, was George Miller. That's right. And, you know, Seinfeld would just go on and kill. Yeah. So I actually saw him twice, just once in Stanford and one in Boston. And it was always like rooting for him. It was like this guy. So when, when he got a show or the pilot or whatever, it was like, they gave him a show? Like... I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then so I was in from the ground floor, but you weren't on the first one and then you showed up. I think the first season, though, ends with like you guys enough together and then it's like never addressed again. Is that the first season? Or the first full, the, like, the, the 13 first... episode season, like the yeah, first the extended deal, season. the deal episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it right. ends with it's like, oh, they're going to end up together. And then it's like they pretended it never happened from that point on. Correct. Yeah. Why did they pretend it never happened? Or did they expect like I wasn't supposed to remember you ended up together? Uh, you know, I think the whole idea of turning, I, I, I think it was a big actual creative f- fight between, I remember vividly, Larry and the powers that be at. Castle Rock at the time, yeah. Over how to handle that particular episode and that particular scene. That that episode is incredible. I, it's one of my favorite episodes. It is. Yeah, I really like that episode. I just everything, the beats of it, how it ends. It's just like really well constructed. Uh, the 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 negotiation between them on the couch uh, was was there was a lot of of uh, arguing about that. I remember how that vividly. would go, yeah. how that would go, how to play it. And um, cause Larry was absolutely adamant that that was not meant to be a romantic scene in any way. Yeah. Right. But we were, when we were doing it in the rehearsal, we were actually playing it somewhat romantically and he went nuts <laughs> and the, and the Castle Rock went nuts because they wanted it that way because yeah. they wanted sort of like a will they, won't they. I mean, I think, you know, sort of more sort of standard Well, that was the moonlighting era where will they, Correct. won't they was the, was the right. move. Was that the move? And by the way, that's been a trope for Cheers. Yeah. hundreds of years, yeah. shall we just say. So, and I remember actually very vividly going home and telling my husband Brad about this. And I sort of tried to explain how Larry wanted me to do it, but I wasn't quite understanding what Lair meant. And then Brad sort of said, oh, no, 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 I get it. 
And he was explaining to me what Larry meant. And he was right. And so I went back the next day and was able to sort of do it correctly in rehearsal. And, 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 and Castle Rock was not thrilled uh, with, I, I mean, I don't know if they'd cop to that now, but they were not thrilled, the various producers from the studio. But who cares? When did you stop worrying the show was going to get canceled? Uh, I guess after season three, I guess. That's also my answer. Uh-huh. Because I remember, like, Cheers was ending at some point, one of those years. And at some point, somebody wrote a story about how NBC was thinking Seinfeld could be the next Cheers for them. Right. And I was like, oh, so they're not going to cancel it. I was worried the whole time. Well, yeah. and everyone I think always it, canceled my favorite shows. Well, so I was just also, assumed we were being we getting beaten all the time by Jake and the Fat Man. Oh, uh, well, I mean, Jake was a beast at the time. Beast. So killing us. Content machine, Jake. And the Fat Man. Mm. And also, I don't remember what the premise of that was. I either do I. I don't think I watch it. And Home Improvement was on during this at some point. I I can't remember, but anyway, whatever. So it was then. I I, when we made the first four, they made the pilot. I wasn't in it. Then they made the four episodes, and we made those. And I thought, well, this is so not like anything on television, and it is so good. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it will never see the light of day. I was utterly convinced. I really was. They're too stupid to pick this thing up. That's how I, I just assumed that's how it was going to play out. Right. Exactly. I was still traumatized when they canceled It's Your Move with Jason Bateman after one season. <laughs> after that happened, I was like, I'm not trusting these people ever again. Which <laughs> well, shows I like. Yeah, that's good. That show should have been on five years. Okay. Well, I never saw it, but I like Jason that's Bateman. Good. He was, <laughs> this, the whole plot of the show was, he was his single mom. And the He's neighbor, a single mom? No, he was his, he had a single mom. Uh-huh. Oh, and the neighbor liked him. Yeah, he's like a kid. He's like 13. Oh my God. And the neighbor liked the mom. And all he did was like fuck with the neighbor. And that was the entire show. That's a great premise. It was great. I was child divorced. So I was like, this is great. Yeah. I hope this gets renewed for nine seasons. Um, did you ever see that show, The Courtship of Eddie's Father? It was a little before my time, but That's I remember right. the reruns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, what was the premise of that one? It was a dad and a son. I don't know if they used the word divorce or not. People, let me tell you about my best <laughs> right, Yeah, friend. it was great. Bill Remember Bixby. That? Yeah. yeah. That's who the dad was. Yeah, there's not enough divorce content. I know. Because Kramer versus Kramer, we, we're we going to do a rewatchables podcast on yes. Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. With me and three other ringer people whose parents are divorced. And it's just going to be like a divorce therapy session. About the movie. Well, my parents are divorced, so I'd like to be in on it. You want to be in on we'll get, We'll get you in. We'll get you a fifth seat. I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> it's the best divorce movie of all time. It's I mean, not I bad. can give you my power rankings, but that's that's number one. The squid and the whale is way up there. The jerking the, off into the book. Yeah, I, I wish that without. wasn't in there. That was Noah Baumbach was feeling himself. <laughs> <laughs> you Have you been in a divorce movie? Uh, well, it wasn't really a... About divorce, but I played divorce. I've actually played a divorced woman a number of times. I did a series about a woman divorce. With no, a but child. I mean like a movie where like divorce well, is the theme of the movie. No, I, I, no. <clears throat> I did a movie <coughs> called Enough Said, the mother's divorce, but really the, the, the part, the, the movie was about a kid going to college and starting a relationship with <laughs> uh, James Gandolfini. So that's oh, yeah, what yeah, that yeah. was. That was about. his last movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was. What was he like? 
very surprising to me. Very, uh, 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 lacking a lot of confidence, which is surprising. Really? Given his incredible talent. Yeah. Even at that point? Like Sopranos is done at that point. Well, but remember in in this particular movie, he was playing a different kind of role and, uh, he was very, very questioning as to whether or not he, he kept thinking you can, he kept making jokes about you can fire me if you want. You can. <laughs> anyway. Mm. You probably know this. This is going to be awkward for your son. Elaine was like everybody's dream girl in the nineties. That is so depressing. I know it really was. We, it is. we all wanted like our Elaine. Yeah. And not even like somebody that we date, just somebody like that in right. in our life. Right. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, man, it'd be cool to have somebody like that. I could talk to them about stuff. Right, Who right. Who knows? We might like each other. It might not work out. Yeah, right. It was kind of like the, the dream late 80s, early 90s relationship. <laughs> Make out once, man, maybe nothing happened. Then you just right. you settle into a friendship, but I can still. But maybe it might yeah. happen again at some I point. I think she became the defining character for that. I think yeah. that's how guys saw that character. Uh-huh. She was sort of one of the guys, I think, to a certain extent. But but, but also like the the friend the confident um friend who would tell you the things you needed to hear. Right. You know, like if you had a like sister's a bad way to put it, but like if you had an older sister and the like I noticed it with my kids and my son's wearing something my and my daughter would be like take that off. What are you doing? Like <laughs> like the the her ability to give shit to the other characters yes. that wasn't really something that was on TV that much. No, that wasn't. It no, was it usually like definitely... the sarcastic little sister and what's happening or family ties or something. That was really the only yeah time you saw that. Yeah, sort of a, a sort of harpy type as opposed to what you're describing. I yeah. get it. I totally All right, get you get it. it. You still don't like it though. You didn't know where well, I was going no, on that I, one. I, I, no, I'm so I can sit back. Um. Uh. No, I'm just thinking about the the look, you know, her look. That was a that you know, just looking back at that, that's like, oh Jesus. But anyway, that's like all. the clothes and stuff, or the, the hair, clothes, the big hair, the whole. All that of was it. with the night. That was early. I know 90s. that was the look. That was the look. I don't like looking back at. Do you find that like if you? Look, I wasn't on Seinfeld. No, no, I'd no. I probably no. watch. No, a lot no, of no, them no. I mean, like if you're looking back at in a photo album, you see photos of yourself oh, in the horrible. 90s. Yeah. Well, so you see my point. The 80s were even worse, the late 80s. Oh, my late God. Late 80s were kind of the nadir. And then early 90s got a little better, but not really. 70s has sort of turned around yeah, and it's become come back. cool again. It's but there back. was a period of time where I looked back on the 70s and thought, holy fuck, what is that? What are, what are those barrettes? <laughs> <laughs> so when you're flipping, I mean, it's still always on. When you're flipping channels, do you see yourself? And you're like, oh, no, that outfit. Uh, yeah, I don't watch that stuff very much, but it's still funny, but I don't want, I don't watch it too much. I mean, when the kids started, uh, Henry specifically, when he started to watch it and then, and, and he would say, Hey mom, I'm watching this one. And I, then he has to remind me what happened. Cause I don't really remember, but, it, yeah. and, uh, and so then maybe I watch it with them or something, but not very much. It's weird. The streaming thing has given a new life to like all of these shows that were dead and buried, mm. you know, Seinfeld friends. Even more current shows like The Office. Mm. And I watch it with like my daughter's generation. And they're just going through all these old shows. And you can binge them in a way that 
I guess maybe 10, 12 years ago, you had DVDs where right. you could just buy all the DVDs or rent them or whatever. But yeah, I have a lot. Now of it's DVDs. easy to plow through them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what do we do with our DVDs now? I'm not sure exactly. I've been maybe thinking throw about throwing mine out. Yeah. 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 I feel like that might be the move. Right. CDs, same thing. I know. It's that's a hard move to make. It's a tough one. It's a tough emotionally. You, um, yeah, and also you're there is a little thought in your mind, which is, am I gonna regret this in twenty five years? Are these things coming back? Well, like records, for Christ's sake. Right. So I Just had saying. I had Larry David on the podcast when I was at ESPN, so probably like six years ago. Yeah. And we did a whole thing about the finale. Oh. And he talked about how he felt about it. And I guess he had never really talked about it that much in an interview. Oh, God. And it I became wanted... like a two-day news story. You're kidding. Yeah. Because he what was kind of— What did he say? I didn't—forgive me, I don't know. What did he say? He was kind of—he felt like it was underrated, and he felt like people didn't get it. Hmm. And he felt like it should have had a better legacy. But he I, I was funny he, about it in the way that he course. would be funny about it. I think it was, I think I personally, first of all, I I haven't watched it that much, but the doing of it, I loved doing it. Yeah. And I understand why people maybe had an issue with it, but you know what? You can't, I mean, think of all the people that watch that thing. You know, fuck it. You're not going to appeal to everybody. And nobody wanted to see the show go off the air anyway. So, um, but I just remember, I look back at that particular episode so fondly because when we were sitting in that courtroom, it was like we were watching our show. Yeah. So all of these guest stars came parading through and doing their bits, and it was all we could do to keep our shit together. We were just howling, laughing. Nobody was a bigger fan of the show than we were. Yeah. In it. <laughs> yeah, the, season, the series finales in general, Pete, it's just really hard to win. If unless there's a natural ending where the you know the person's gonna die at the end, uh-huh, like we just had then, this with Game of Thrones, like there was no way Game of Thrones was gonna end that people were gonna be a hundred percent happy with it. Yours, it seemed like people for Veep, it seemed like it was about as positive as it's gonna be. Yeah, but even then, people are just mad that the show's over, you know, and it's right. never gonna well, live up to what they had in their head. Yeah, I think we did. A, I think we did our finale well, actually, oh, the Veep finale. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that came off pretty well. Because you, because like you say, you know, you you say, well, unless somebody's going to die, you're waiting for them to die or something like that. But then you know what's going to happen. And I, what I like, particularly about our finale, was that it sort of, it, um, everybody's sort of character arc within the show was sort of resolved on Veep terms, right. and also you didn't see it coming. Did you think that was going to be a whole decade of your life? I hoped it would be. So you thought signing up, you're like, this might be my 2010s. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I hoped. I was really excited making it. When I made the pilot, I, I had a pretty strong feeling. I was going to say, you probably have a good shit detector at that point. Yes, I do. And That's you're why ready? this interview is ending in the next two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> was it weird when the showrunner left and the other showrunner came in? Because I, I always think that's a hard one to pull off. Yeah, tricky, really hard. So what happened? Walk me through it. Well, um, let's see. Armando Inucci, who's the genius creator and original executive producer of Veep, um, left 
after season four. He really wasn't there much for season four. In yeah. Fact, but he left, officially left after season four. Now, he's uh, British. And you probably know that in Britain, people don't do years and years and years of television. That's not the culture of making entertainment. Right. So he was, he'd had it. It was enough already. And, which I totally get. And, uh, but I didn't want to end the show. And so. That was it. That was it. And so, so, and, but he understood that it wasn't like there, there wasn't any uh, friction about that. He, he understood that it's just that he couldn't do it anymore. Also his family was in the UK. It's a very, making that show is very labor intensive. I'm telling you, uh, it was, it's the hardest uh, job I've, I've actually ever had. And so, um, and we shot the thing up until that point, we were shooting in Baltimore, Maryland. So he was, you know, flying back and forth from the UK and, you know, it was hard. And all the writers were, were British too. Anyway. Uh, but I didn't want to end it cause I loved it and I wanted to keep going. I thought we had more story to tell. You're so, right. Uh, yeah. So then it was just a question of finding who is going to run this thing. And, and I say, just as if it's like, you know, low hanging fruit, this guy, that girl, whatever, you know, but it, it ain't. And, uh, and, uh, fortunately for us, Dave Mandel was available and Dave Mandel, uh, and I had worked together, of course, on Seinfeld, um, and also on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, and, uh, and so we met and talked in great, at great length about, where he thought the show could go. And we were definitely on the same page. And by the way, he was a huge, up until that point, he was a huge fan of the show and he was a big government major at Harvard. So he's politically very astute. So he was sort of right for the gig, but I, it was, uh, talk about divorce. Not that it was, it was not, um, uh, negative in that sense, except that it was because I had to, maneuver my whole cast about which I felt them, I felt very protective and the show we'd made thus far and move it into this new universe with this, you know, new guy running it and all new writers with the exception of three that we brought with us from the UK. And we moved the show to California. So it was a big undertaking. It's a fucking miracle it worked out. I was going to, that's why I brought it up. It seems like that usually goes horribly. It was a big gamble. It could have tanked. It was a huge gamble, and it was because there's I will like tell four you, different ways that could have gone wrong. Oh, oh yeah, many more ways it could have gone wrong. I'm telling you, I was shitting my pants the whole time. <laughs> I was, I was really scared. Well, I think that show also when when real life gets starts getting super weird too. That also that also helps from a narrative standpoint. What do you mean, Trump? Man, just like yeah, you. No, that made it harder. You think why? Well, because let's see. Uh, Trump, we were doing, oh God, yeah, season six. And uh, we were about halfway or more through the season of season six and he gets elected, right? Trump. Yeah. And then uh, we're getting ready for season seven. uh, And then I got breast cancer, so we had to shut down. And so we had about 10 months there of uh, Trump, shall we say, feeling his oats and kind of putting the pedal to the metal. That's a very diplomatic way of putting it. 
Well, I'm trying to stay <laughs> reverent to the office only. <laughs> and so um, his behavior, you know, and this show was about, you know, in front of the curtain and behind the curtain behavior in yeah. political culture. Well, now all of a sudden there is no curtain. This asshole's behaving like <laughs> uh, the orange turd that he is. And, and, and by the way, his behavior, well, for example, the pilot episode of Veep, Selena Meyer gets in huge trouble for saying at a public event that she was hoisted by her own retard. And that was the scandal. Can you imagine? That is a non-story today. Nah, it's, yeah. It's a non-story. It doesn't even go on my Apple News feed. Correct. That's right. And so, so things really morphed. Um, and so we, so, uh, <laughs> Dave Mandel likes to joke that he gave me cancer. So that gave him time to figure out how to, to, to <laughs> morph the show into, um, into what we did in the final season, uh, uh, which was decidedly, I think, different tonally, but in a good way than what it was originally. You know, I mean, all television shows morph over time. I mean, that's just the the nature of anything that has any life to it. You know, do you do you follow or do you care about like where stuff's going just from? You know, what we grew up with was the 22-episode season and then cable kind of shifted that. Now 13-episode yeah. season, some comedies now are eight episodes. Then you see a show like Fleabag where it's yeah. like a six-episode, yes, 25 minutes per episode. It's almost like a like a six-part movie yeah. that's two and a half hours and, and you're done and yeah. it almost leaves you wanting more. Yeah. And I wonder if that's like where we might be headed, at least with some of the creative ideas we have. We are, we are headed there. We're That's there. good for you, though. It's great for me. Could be I love for your it. next project. Totally. One episode and you're out. Yeah. Or you do, you're filming six 25-minute ones, you're done. Yeah, completely. Just just enough to get, like, the giant, that, that HBO, that 14-story, you know, on Sunset. Yes, of course I That's, do. Yeah. Just enough, you, you, just just enough, enough to, to get, get on that your, building. Your puss up there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking about next projects? I am. Why do you have anything? I'll do it. That, that sports mom angle is pretty good. Sports mom? It's the, the whole, the sports parent thing. The yeah. I like divorce. Uh-huh. Um, you like divorce? Big Little Lies season three would be fun. No? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. You put me on the spot. I did. But I'm, it's interesting that you are pitching me Big Little Lies because I don't think you work on that show. No, I was just, I was just trying to think of something that would be easy for you. <laughs> easy. I was trying to think six episodes and out. Your kids oh, are back I in see. L.A. now. Yeah, right. You don't, have, you don't do like 100 episodes. No, God, no. I can't bear yeah, that idea. I'm, I'm no, looking no. out for you. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I'm, 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 uh, I'm actually in uh, post-production on a movie that I made right after Veep ended. So I'm working on that. And then I don't know what my next move is going to be. I'm thinking about what that is. I'm, I, I mean, I definitely want to keep working, and I, and I love the pace of working in television. Do you have the Emmy record yet? <sighs> Your son will know this. Does she have the Emmy record yet? I think so. Is it tied or she has it alone? Tied. I think you're tied, right? Wins and nominations. I don't know. Like, you might have the most I don't know about nominations. I'm tied with Cloris Leachman. Oh, we got to take her out. How many? She has eight? Yeah. Yeah, you got to. 
Yeah, you had to pass Chloris. We'll see. We love Chloris Leachman. She's great. What did she get for Mary Tyler Moore? Yeah. She was amazing in Mary Tyler Moore. Did you, you watch that show? That was too so, girly for you. No, it was, it was like two years too early for me. My okay. generation was like Jefferson's Good Times, like that whole era. That's when I was did really- Did you watch the live reboot? Oh, yeah. That Wasn't was Jimmy's that, idea. I know. Yeah. Wasn't it fabulous? Yeah. It was, I, he Wasn't was, Wanda good? Yeah, he was telling me about it. And I'm like, you do the thing when your friend's telling you something like, yeah, that'll be cool. And I'm thinking like, he's not going to be able to do that. It was great. Wanda was good. Yeah. I loved every second of it. It was really interesting to watch it in the context of <laughs> some of the stuff they're talking about. 1973 totally. is weirdly relevant in 2018. You're yeah. going to be in the next one. I bet he'd, bet he'd yeah, be delighted to be, have you. I could be Maud. Maud's a good one. Maud, so that was like two years before my time too, but that was like the first kind of show like that. Yeah, Ballsy Lady. Yeah, Ballsy Lady. Mm -hmm. They weren't they didn't weren't doing that at the mm -mm. time. No. So you definitely want to keep working. Totally. All right. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. Oh yeah, I definitely do. I just don't know. I'm 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 fairly fried from doing Veep because yeah. it really was, I'm not kidding you, a lot a really quite a lot of work to to get that right. But um and and finding just the right thing is obviously <laughs> not an easy task. You know? And you're and you're totally healthy hundred percent. Yeah, touch wood. Yeah. Congrats. I want to ask you about Larry David because sure. I'm fascinated by him. Yeah. Do you think he's a genius? Yeah. When did you realize he was a genius? I think back in SNL days. <laughs> really? He oh, yeah. I mean, he's crazy. I mean, he's crazy, crazy genius. But he was sort of like my friend who was a crazy genius. You know? So, yeah. And then it became quite apparent doing Seinfeld, like almost immediately. Did, were you Because he was not... I, what I really loved about Larry is that he didn't give a shit. Yeah. And that is a great asset as a creative person. Especially in 2018. I mean, and by the way, it can blow up in your face, you know? Especially in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> but he really, he was very, and he had a very specific point of view. Uh, and it was fantastic. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. Were you surprised that he was on television as the star of his own show? Like, did you have any idea that was his destiny? Well, I knew it was a stand-up. I, right. I never saw him do stand-up. Except there's some story. I think Jason Alexander was in the audience. Do you know this story? It was somebody no. he wasn't getting laughs, so he started swearing at the audience. <laughs> it's true. Started, he completely lost his. He berated went, the audience. Berated, but I mean in a legit way. Berated. I think he might have called somebody a cunt or something. But oh, I, no. I swear. But I don't quote me on that. Oh, oh yeah, right. I'm being recorded. Yeah. But um, I, I, something I, in the neighborhood. Yeah, something in the neighborhood. Right. But anyway, he went nuts. He he had a he had a a, a temper, but a temper that was um, could also be somewhat appealing. Endearing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when you're watching Curb, were you like, oh, my God, this is a Larry. How did the, how is this happening? Or did you feel like he was? No, it made sense. A, I mean, it, it, 
Oh, yeah. Well, he's playing a version of himself. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, that's not what he's really like. Yeah, yeah. I think, unfortunately, a, for him, people think he's like that. Though. Of course they do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But he's he's not, although that is sort of a hyped up version of himself. You know, it's what he wishes maybe in his fantasy that he could be. I feel like we need that show more than ever right now because we've hit it's this. coming back, man. I know. But we've, we've hit this incredibly uptight uh, time in our country, which I think the last season of Veep definitely helped too. But we need people on TV like pushing stuff and making fun of stuff. And mm. it's really like the last way to, to do some of this stuff. Yeah, to make a point even. So when do you think you're going to get rid of your younger son from your house? Like 2023? That'd be How nice. How many years? Is, is there a time limit in your head as a parent? No, he can stay as long as he wants. I That's how care. I feel with my kids. Yeah. If they're back, they're back. It's great. Totally. I mean, Henry lived with us for, I don't know, how long were you living with us before you moved out? A while, right? A year. A year. What did we not cover, Henry? Uh, when you first got the Seinfeld scripts and what, what about them were special where you were like, oh, yeah, I have to do this. Oh. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Henry, Henry suggests this topic. Yeah. Um, so you get the Seinfeld scripts. Yes. Or any other script that you've liked. What, what are you looking for? Which, uh, what is well, the thing that first resonates of all, with Actually, you? here's a story that's sort of a little bit interesting. So <clears throat> prior to getting the Seinfeld scripts, yeah. so I was, um, I actually had a development deal with Warner Brothers, which was a bi big deal. And yeah. uh, to develop my own series, this was off of the success of day by day success. I'm saying it in yeah, quotes. It lasted. And so, but they, they offered me this deal. And so, and I was developing a script and then, and uh, the script came in and I didn't, it was not me. It was not for me. Okay. And I had an out in my contract that I could opt out if I wasn't happy with the material. And it wasn't, like I say, for me. So I did. And a couple of days later, I got, my agent called and said, hey, your friend, I don't know if they knew that we were friends, but Larry David wrote these scripts and can there are four of them and you want to give them a read and they're interested in you for this. And so I was like, okay. So I read them. And frankly, I didn't, in two out of those four scripts, I had almost nothing to do. It was pretty small. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. But the other two, I had more to do. But m more importantly, the material was like nothing that was on television. Yeah. You know, it wasn't set up, set up joke, set up, set up joke. There was a, there was an actual rhythm pattern to the way sitcoms were presented back then. And sometimes they, I mean, I'm not knocking all sitcoms, obviously. There are no, plenty was, of sitcoms at work, but. It was definitely not like anything. Right. And so I thought, wow, this is super interesting. So I go in and I met Jer. Now I wasn't a stand-up, I didn't know that universe. So I sort of, sort of recognized him, but you know, oh, maybe that guy was on the Tonight Show, you know, but whatever. But Lair, of course, I knew. And Jared and I read this script together, or scene, and it went super well. He was eating cereal. I mean, it felt like I was cereal. with it, for true. And it felt like I was just like with guys that were my friends. I mean, yeah. it didn't feel like um, uh, an audition with fancy people, executives and stuff like that. It was like, you know, uh, the, the nut jobs are running the asylum here. And so... Uh, Great. So anyway, 
made the deal over a weekend. They were quickly, they, they, they wanted to shoot these four episodes like the following week. So I remember my, they were, we were crafting this deal over the weekend. And we, st- we make the four episodes. And at some point in there, I get a call from my attorney saying that Warner Brothers uh, wants their money back. They're threatening to sue you because you went and made this other show. It was called Seinfeld Chronicles at yeah. that time. And I was like, but I didn't do anything wrong. And, and he said, well, yeah, but they really, they don't like the way that came down. Because it was, I mean, they were, one project was really butted up against the other. Right. But I had done nothing dishonest or illegal, nor would I, right? So I was like, well, so what should I do? And he said to me, well, I think you should just give them their money back. And I didn't like the feeling of that because that implication, of course, is that I did something untoward. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. So I called Gary David Goldberg to bring it full circle back to our conversation, who created Family Ties and Spin City. And I explained to him the situation. And he said to me, you know what? Keep the money. I don't respond to bullying. Tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And but understand something. I was like a nobody. Okay. Yeah. This was Warner Brothers Studios. I was a nobody. And so I did that. And I never heard from them again. Wow, that's a good story. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. It was scary. It was a scary moment. And ironically, then I was at Warner Brothers uh years So later did you tell doing... the assistant to go fuck themselves or did you send a letter saying go fuck themselves? I don't know. I just told my attorney, <laughs> I'm then giving them back, go tell them fuck off. And we'll see what happens. And then you, I just kept my fingers crossed. You talked about um, how that was like, uh, it was all male writing staff or mostly male writing staff? Yeah, with the exception of one woman and then two women. Which is just the way it oh, happened. Oh, pardon me. Yeah. And Jen Crittenden, actually. Yeah. All right. So let's say this same show, 20, you could take How We Do Things Now. How put we, it back by in the, the way, mid-90s. how do we do things well, now? There's more diversity, I think, in the writers' room, at least like toward the end of this decade, right? Uh-huh, yeah. How is Elaine different if there's more women in the writers' room? Mm. That's a good question. You've never gotten that one before. No. Look, at I, I could tell you're impressed. Well, she probably would have had more material, frankly. I mean, I will admit to you that certainly, early, and Larry and Jerry will back me up on this, I... In, in the early days of Seinfeld, or for the first half of Seinfeld, I would go in periodically and beg them to put me in more of the show. And I'd usually end up crying because I couldn't help it. And really? Yeah, I did. It's Because it was initially a Seinfeld, it did feel like a Seinfeld and George vehicle. Correct. And then Kramer would come Elaine in and, and Kramer were kind of the second, side pieces. Yeah. Right. You're like in a, on an NBA team. You would just come in and get some threes off and then leave. There you go. See, I knew sports was coming up. Yeah. I try, I've been trying to shield you from the sports stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk sports. Yeah. Sure. But so you you wanted some plays called for you. I did. So did, was there a moment where that you got an episode that was like, this is what I'm talking about right here? Well, I thought it was pretty significant, the um, contest episode. Yeah. Because that could have easily been a show about three guys not masturbating. Yeah. But the fact that all of a sudden you're talking about a woman masturbating and it's whatever, 19... Yeah, 92 or 93. Yeah. That nobody... I mean, nowadays nobody cares, right? But then that was 
racy stuff. And I kept thinking, uh, they're going to shut this down. I don't mean cancel us, but they're going to tell us we cannot do this show. But they didn't. It's funny because that's an iconic episode now. And what's been lost is what that show is like in the moment of like, oh, my God, they're doing this? I know. It really was like watching somebody jump off a 10-story building or something. Right. that stuff just wasn't on television. No, my God, are you kidding me? Nobody talked about it. <laughs> and we didn't even use the word masturbation no, there. No, that's why anything, I was smart. It's very smart, yeah. It was when and I was writing got for away with it. Yeah, when I was writing for ESPN, especially in the early years, they had all these media criticism rules, and I would figure out all these ways around it of making fun of announcers without overtly making fun of them and uh-huh. do little tricks. Yes. And it was like that, where you were able to do it basically because you never actually said it. It was all right. well, roundabout. You know, well, you know, that's how the, the I don't know which episode it is in, in which uh, somebody thinks that Jerry and, and George are gay, a gay couple. Yeah. The not that there's anything wrong with right. that. That was born out of a, a concern from the network. That we, So not that there's anything wrong with that was tagged, ooh, sorry, was tagged on to anytime anybody referenced somebody as being gay or whatever, that that would be the phrase right afterwards. To oh, sort so of, that was a network note? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the Curb Your Enthusiasm comeback season now for that for that show? Well, it was I'm like excited. 10 years later. I know. I'm excited to see it. I mean, no, I, I thought... No, I mean the uh, when the Seinfeld when you guys all came back on that show. Oh, pardon me, I thought you meant the next yeah. season for Larry. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. It was so fun to do. It was so weird, so surreal. What was the response to it I that you were getting? I don't know. I don't remember the response. Was it? I good? felt like people were happy with it. Yeah. Well, it was. So, what was so great about it was that it was like a Seinfeld reunion, but. But not really. On our terms. Yeah. And I loved that. Yeah. But it was so bizarre to uh, go back. I mean, it's always bizarre to go back. It was like when I went back to host SNL. That was so weird because I had all of this. I'd had the experience of being on it. And then I'd sort of grown up for, because I didn't, I hosted 2007. Yeah. Or six, maybe. Right. And, and I left the show in 85. So there's a lot, there's a big space of time. So going back, it was like going back to high school with all of your adult knowledge and perspective. And to a certain extent, the same was true of going back and doing, even though it wasn't as much time had passed, the same was true of doing the Seinfeld so-called reunion show within Curb. It was gobs of fun. Um, Speed round. Funniest person you've ever been around. That I've ever actually been around? Yeah. Will Ferrell. Sorry it took me so long to get there, Will. It's a good answer, though. It is a good answer. Um, favorite Seinfeld episode ever? Um, pony Remark. Interesting. Wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. Um, give me the case for living in L.A. and the case for living in New York. Uh Okay, so the case for living in New York is uh, if you're hyper wealthy (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you don't care about having any space, that's the place for you. Okay. Uh, The case for living in L.A. is if you really dig traffic, like a lot, 
so that to get anywhere, and I mean even to the market, is going to take you an hour and 12 minutes. Okay. And also, if you like uh, forest fires, then you should move to California. Okay. So take your pick. So you're, you're anti-both. Why not? I'm trying to stay negative all day today. <laughs> uh, best, Are we still in the speed round? Yeah, best in, best Obama interaction. Uh, oh, it, it, that either. I've had could with be him? either either Obama could be any Obama. Uh, I dance with Barack Obama. I swear to God, it's true. That's a good answer. Where did you dance with him? Uh, at the White House. Was it like a? It was one the, of those dinner thingies. Yeah. It was actually, it was the, they had a blowout party before they left. Yeah. And I went to that. And uh, they were playing Brick House, and I danced with him. I know. Shit is right. It was a highlight. Did he give you the, "Ah, I really like Veep? Give me that, like sneak that one in or no? Uh, I don't know if he said it like that. I don't know. I was was, Imagine him dancing and talking to you at the same time. Uh, He was making (laughs) jokes about me being Veep. Um. Speed round. Part you're most jealous of that you would have loved to have had in an alternate universe. Uh, Helen Bonham Carter in Room with a View. Oh, that's such a good answer. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. I just watched that recently. I watch it every six or seven years. That's one of my most favorite movies of all time. Most surprising celebrity who mentioned to you that they liked one of your one of the shows that you've been in. Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan. Which show? Veep. I mean, it wasn't a specific thing. She just likes the show. Um, I'm surprised you're not reacting to that. Do you not find that amazing? I'm try- I was trying to think which one it was. <laughs> I was trying to, in my head She's to think. on the Supreme Court. No, I know. I was trying to think what she looked like. <laughs> She's one of the three women on the Supreme Court. I know. Court. I was trying to get in my head which one. Well, it's not That's Ginsburg. a pretty good one. Yeah. <laughs> not Ginsburg. And it's not Sotomayor. Mayor. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good one to end on. Any parent advice for me as my kids are about to hit high school or one of my kids? Yeah, keep driving them everywhere. Keep them in the car. Keep them in the car with you and keep all of the gatherings at your house. Oh, that's smart. It is smart. That's what you did? Right, Hen? Uh, yeah, it's a good idea. That you, way you get you can keep sort of tabs. You can see if there's any, uh, you know, bad eggs. And oh, that's true. You're, you're doing a lot of silent judging, yeah, scouting, and, and judging. Also, and also, by the way, it makes it sound like you're CIA or something. But the other you thing is, are, you kind of though. Yeah, but then you get to know the kids, get to know your own kids even better. You know, it's not like you're in there with them talking, but you're, you know, sort of hovering around, seeing the scene. You're sizing them up. You're sizing them up. That's exactly right. I I think that's a lot of fun. What's your drink, by the way? You go to somebody's house and they're like, can I get you a cocktail? Yeah. And you're like, oh, you actually can. I'll have this. What is it? That's not wine. It could be wine. I love wine. White wine? Both. Either, depending on the mood. Actually, all three. I also like rosé. I um, I love wine. Big decade for rosé. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know it's a little much now. It's kind of cli- it's, almost it's, a little cliche. Now. It's a little too cliche. That's right. And I like tequila. Tequila. I do. You just got a grunt from Kyle. 
What Kaya, the hell, man? Me. She loves any liquor conversations. <laughs> I do. I love tequila. Um, Just on the rocks without okay. crap in it. All right, so I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking what your next project will be, and I know I know you value well, listen, my input. Listen, if you want to, uh, I think you should do the flea bag route of the the six episode season. Well, that where you're is just for in certain. and out. That's you should tell tell your agent. That's my next thing. But that that's easy peasy. In and out. I understand that, but the real question is, what's the content? See, Bill, you've got to think about. I'm not. What I'm the, not there yet with the. You're with just the, thinking with about episodes. Yeah, I'm just thinking structure first. The hook we'll get to. Character. Well, who haven't you played that you've wanted to play? You want who, to know who something? do you want to inhabit? Uh, there are a couple things I really would like to do. Yeah? I'd like to be in a movie musical. You've never been in a musical? No, not in not on film. Can you sing? Yes. Oh, Couldn't you're you tell you... when I sang the Courtship of Eddie's Father theme? It was I glorious. still wasn't sure. It was so gorgeous. So you're like a, one of those celebrity sneaky singers. Correct. Because that Kate Hudson, they did that thing with the parents. Yeah. And Kate Hudson sang Shallow, and she was amazing. It was like, really? you can do this? Yeah. Good on sneaky, her. Sneaky celebrity singer. Yeah, so that would be fun. And uh, So movie musical. Movie musical. Okay. like to do that. Oh, excuse me. I'd like to play a superhero or a supervillain. That would be fun. Either. Sure. But just, you know, do some fighting and shit like that, flying around. Oh, we do the thing where you got in like amazing shape and you worked with some karate when dude for four hours. No, I mean like look at me. What are you talking about? Superhero fight shape. I'm I'm ready to kick your ass right now. <laughs> and I also I mean I'm and I'm definitely gonna look into doing some more dramatic work. I'd like to do that. I'm not saying I'm not going to do comedy, but, you know, that's that's something that would be really interesting. Okay, good. And, yeah, and you got to get one more Emmy. You just got to you know, set the mark. You want to be in the Wikipedia when people are looking up Emmy winners for some reason. You're just right there. Okay. Yeah, it's important. Well, it's all about trophies. It's all end. about trophies. It's, all about, it. it's a rings culture. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not, I, I think it would be cool to watch you do a whole bunch of quirky different like you and a musical would be, I'd be like, whoa, really? Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. I would love to do that. I mean, in fact, there, I heard about a project they're making, a, they're putting a, a Little Shop of Horrors on film. But I'm not the right age. Such a bummer. Mm. Did you ever see that show? Yeah. That, I mean, that was a big early 80s, mid 80s. I know. Yeah. I they used to have it. the commercial all the time. That and Evita. They would always show That's the commercials right. for those too. Yeah. That's right. Evita. And Sunday in the Park, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Likewise. It was really I'm sorry fun. it got so hot in here, but we had to turn the other air conditioner off. Why? Because it would pick up on the podcast. Oh, so sound... isn't that always the case? No. It sounds bad. We, try, we care about audio here. Um, All right. Thank you, though. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck with the Suns in LA. <laughs> thank you. Good luck with keeping your kids at home. Thank you. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs>